just when you thought you were out, we pull you back in. This is And Justice for Al, brought to you by InRealDeep.com. I'm Steve Semino, senior writer at InRealDeep, and with us as always, executive editor Andrew Johnson. Hello, Andrew. Good evening. Good evening, sir. And uh, accompanying us again, we thought we lost him, we replaced him for an episode, and now he's back. He's like a bad itch that you just want to scratch, and it just keeps coming back, and it's Tom. Hello, Tom. Hey, how you doing? I'm glad that you want to scratch me. Thank you. <laughs> I'm gonna, it's like it's like you scratch so much that the blood comes out, and you're just like, oh, I got to keep doing it, though. I can't I can't say no. It's so satisfying and so stop. horrible at once. I'm bad for you, but you know you can't stop. <laughs> I was going to say, we are producing these at like a breakneck pace relative to the last few months <laughs> or six months. This is a hot time for Al Pacino, though. This is a little <laughs> really Al Alessance. It's, it's bizarrely, bizarrely hot time for Al Pacino. <laughs> Having a renaissance. <laughs> if you hadn't guessed by the fact that we're all together and by the name of the episode, we are here to talk about HBO's Paterno, the off-hyped and very intriguing sort of biopic. Though it's not really—I don't even—I guess we have to call it a biopic because it's a, a biographical film of sorts. But it's really just a story about the sort of end of Joe Paterno's career and life, and the Jerry Sandusky scandal that rocked Penn State uh, back in 2011. It, it's a huge story. You really, if you're a sports fan or even just a human being, you in America at least, you're very aware of what happens. And I think it was a very daunting subject for them to take on. I think there was a lot of apprehension before the movie came out. Not only is it a hard story to tell and, and a powerful and intense and sad one, but Al Pacino is Joe Paterno. You know, we, if you've listened to this podcast, you know Tom's thoughts and even Andrew's and I's thoughts. Like, the Al Pacino of now is not necessarily someone you'd expect to nail Joe Paterno. Joe Paterno is not big or bombastic, at least not at his, you know, old, old age. But I think we'd all agree, I hope we'd all agree, or we, maybe we're getting right into it, but I thought Al did a very solid job in in what is a pretty tough role. Although, though, Tom's going to make the joke, as a, a doddering old man, that's not a big leap for Al Pacino these days. But I thought he did a pretty good job. Uh, I would generally agree with that. I, I, I know what you're saying in terms of Joe Paterno not being a... Um, a big loud uh personality like we associate with the 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 who i era al pacino um but i i don't i don't want to give him like too much credit because i don't think this is that much of a reach like it's an italian guy uh he's already he is already kind of an old confused man before we got on we were talking about how he was on a podcast with bill simmons and didn't even realize he was on a podcast so that's kind of making your point uh, or, or goes against your point, Steve. And so um, I think he did a good job, but I, d- I also don't feel like it was like a, a, a huge reach for him to play a um, aging <laughs> fallen star who is Italian. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and yeah, I mean, I kind of agree with that. He didn't have, exactly have to do a lot. Um, and just who Joe Paterno was, if you like ever heard a press conference with him, you know, He's not the most excitable person in the world. It looks like he's going to fall asleep half the time. <laughs> um, and so, honestly, Al Pacino's performance was totally fine for the most part. I still was a little annoyed that it seemed like he was overacting, underacting. Like, 
<laughs> that's such he's, a Tom criticism, though. Come on. Yeah, he's trying that's... so hard to be understated that sometimes it was just like, okay, that's kind of ridiculous because he's oh, just. Oh man. <laughs> I like that you said it though. I, I hate that you. Uh, I hate that you said it, but I love that it came out of your mouth. Uh, Al may not have reached for this role, but Tom certainly is reaching <laughs> right now. I think on that one. But, okay. I thought he did a really. I thought he did. You know, and we're gonna we'll get into the larger movie as a whole. But I thought he did a really like good job of sort of being of playing a guy who had it together, but just because of the routine and the sort of exaltation and the way he was held up. Like the second that sort of world collapsed, he you know I thought Al's sort of quick devolution into a you know that actual doddering old man was really impressive like i think he he built a world for himself where obviously he was able to to sort of be the you know eye in the sky puppet master you know beloved old dude and the second like the cracks showed you just could everyone's facade fell apart and you couldn't ignore that he was you know, was ready to be put out the pasture, to say the least. And I thought Al's performance captured that really well. Maybe it's not like, you know, there was revelatory thing in the world, but I still think he, 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 he kept his understatedness very prominent. And I feel like when he, when he had the sort of collapse, he did a really good job of doing so. I would agree with that in general terms. I, um, I think, I think one of the, one of the impressions I actually had was, um, that a little surprised me, and I think it's probably to to Al's credit, is that, um, and and I actually uh, had this experience with a, another movie. I'll kind of compare it to, but um, uh, I didn't actually feel like it was Al, all the time like it was Al Pacino playing Joe Paterno, if that makes sense. Which sometimes when you have a really famous person playing another really famous person, um, it, that that can that can be the case. And the the callback I would go to is the like the post, I really, I was re- actually found myself really distracted by Tom Hanks's performance in that movie because I felt like it was so obviously Tom Hanks playing a version of like a caricature of Ben Bradley. And then on the flip side in that same movie, Meryl Streep kind of melted into the role of Catherine Graham. And so I'll give Joe some credit, or sorry, Al. See, look, uh, you I, can't I, even tell apart. Party, <laughs> so I'll give Al some credit, I think, there, and that I didn't, I didn't, um, I didn't always like get the impression this this was al's twist on joe paterno or al's interpretation of it um and i thought that was really good i think to your first point i I actually thought one of the best moments in this movie was at the very beginning when he's um when he's flashing back to his uh his 409th win which i guess gave him the all-time record for wins in college football and he's like up in the up in the 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 box because he was injured in a practice and he couldn't couldn't be on the sideline during this game and uh i think the whole idea of someone who is very unassuming and has this persona of you know being modest and you know a a champion of the people um is is undercut when the cameras point up at his box and then they he quickly has like the people removed from the sideline who are taking pictures of him in the box because no pictures of joe pa in the box i thought that was a great way to kind of paint the or set the tone for um for a movie which is really exactly about what you're talking about which is sort of a a a fall from grace and someone who is viewed as a hero being exposed is maybe not so much that so um yeah i thought it was a good performance from al and i thought it was uh it was a solid film i don't don't, we can talk about the rest of it but i i I wasn't blown away by by it um i'm certainly won't be revisiting it anytime soon (laughs) well tom i was intrigued to find out about before i'm sorry to cut you off but i know you're a big 
college football fan, a big Nebraska fan even. So you saw this from the other side of the spectrum. And Nebraska's even mentioned in this movie. Did that how was that was that weird for you? With the did you come at it with a with a built in expectation of who this dude was? I'm sure you, you know, disliked him for many reasons. You mean Paterno? No, yeah, not Paterno. <laughs> well, obviously I know your thoughts on Al Pacino, but Yeah. So, you know, being a Nebraska fan really prepared me to hate Al Pacino. Yeah, no, um, <laughs> yeah I mean there was always I think I think most Nebraska fans going back to to some like kind of off and on rivalries with Penn State in the eighties had maybe not the highest opinion of, of Paterno. But I can't say that really, you know, affected how I saw anything that actually happened to him or you know, coming to this movie or anything. Um I, I would say most people in Nebraska just had kind of a, a neutral ish opinion on kind of Paterno and, and his program. Though he was kind of, in a lot of ways, kind of a similar figure to Tom Osborne in, in, in terms of this just totally lionized kind of coach who was, you know, very conservative politically and just kind of had this demeanor of being a very quiet guy who everyone kind of worshipped. So there certainly are parallels to that kind of culture and, and the kind of culture that I grew up with, you know, reading for Nebraska football. So that that would be kind of a, kind of a weird similarity, honestly. Yeah, I mean, it really, I'm not a big college football fan, but I grew up in, uh, outside Philadelphia and Penn State was sort of our team because there really is not a ton of college football in that area. So it was, you sort of had no choice but to sort of root for Penn State. And it's, but it's still, un, it, it strikes me as just so crazy when I see stories like this or just any real story about college athletics and about, uh, I know Andrew's a huge college basketball fan, just the way these mostly men, though I guess there are some women on the other side of it, but predominantly men lord over these schools and these other people of power with such ease and, and the way they sort of are grandfathered and, you know, and just like kept, they're there until they're not like, no, no, it's so hard to take them down. Joe Paterno is it's sort of implied in this movie that at that point, nothing happens without his, you know, say, and people in the know look at the whole situation very warily by saying, well, how could Joe not know? Every, Joe knows everything. And then you mm-hmm. see Pacino as Joe, who is this clearly, even in his more put together moments, is just an old ass man, and it, it elicits a little sympathy from you. Although they 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 do a good job undercutting that by the end, but you, you, it's hard to reconcile those thoughts. You know, like it's hard. Just the story in general. See, if you told like an alien, they'd be like, "What the fuck are you talking about? Like, why is this? Why is this weird ass old man in charge of this? You know, millions of dollar institution and athletics and everything? Like, well, he's a good coach. You know, of course he's in charge. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. That's because I'm so far outside of this whole process and never really bought into it in any way. I mean, yeah, it's totally insane. I mean, <laughs> this guy is really good at coaching football. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it just—it's—it's it's a weird thing in our culture. I think that this kind of person could command such respect for coaching a game. Yeah, yeah, and I think the thing the movie does a good a good job with is sort of establishing how that is. That uh, that's very pernicious, even if the person at the top, in this case, Joe Paterno, isn't necessarily like like he's not a power hungry madman. He's just a guy who really likes coaching football. Like we all have these we all know, like the coaches that are that are the power hungry madman, you know, like Bobby Knight from Indiana. Right. You know that that he would be the type of person um, who you would say the same things about. Uh, like who 
no one takes a shit. <laughs> what was it? No one takes a shit in Penn State without Joe Pod knowing or something like that. But I think it does. It sort of points out how pernicious just the institution is. Um, and yeah, being a college basketball fan, like if you I think they've done this now in almost every state. If you do like a FOIA request, Freedom of Information Act request from your state government um, and you have a big time uh, college athletic athletics program in at a, at a public institution in your state it's almost guaranteed that either the basketball coach or the football coach at one of those institutions is going to be the highest paid employee in the state High, yeah. higher paid than the governor higher paid than anyone that's actually responsible for anything important um and uh yeah it's 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 nuts and it's very specific to america i mean that's not to say that uh, other institutions don't abuse power and uh, i mean obviously this movie we can get into this shares a lot in common in terms of setup with like spotlight which is a far better movie but um uh deals with institutions and, and child sexual abuse um but it's ve- the college the whole college athletics thing is very peculiar to the united states because uh, you know obviously like if you're a good soccer player you don't go to school for that and it's not like a right. public in, you know, there, there are no public employees that that do that you know so it's it's very it's a very strange thing and i think the movie does a does a good job handling that sort of material um, through the lens of of joe paterno and and our our fearless fearless leader and hero of this podcast al pacino yeah <laughs> i think it's yeah it's it, it really the movie you know is a is a, a recap of the week in which it's revealed that Jerry Sandusky is being Jerry Sandusky is being indicted, and other members of the uh, Penn State leadership is being indicted as well. And Sarah Gainham is a reporter played by Riley Keough, and she's one of the main characters in the movie as well. And she's the first person to really uncover this, and is then thrust into the spotlight because no one else has any idea what's going on. Nobody knows what where to go in Penn State or what to do, and he's the one who has she's the one who has to sort of navigate this whole terrain and, and speak for it and, and, and continue investigating and reporting into it further. And we talked about it before we sat down, that is an, it, it is a very logical way to go about it. Like, see, we don't, no one wanted to see Al Pacino in like, you know, his 40 year old Joe Paterno, 60 year old Joe Paterno, 80 year old, like nobody needs Al changing costumes and more prosthetics and any of that shit or CGI Al. Like, I mean, I would love CGI Al in theory, but in execution, I don't think we really need that. So I think it does a very, it focuses on a very appropriate moment and it allows, and again, I think it really allows you to see this, the, you know, the, the, seeing the old man Paterno, it, it really just looks like, it, they, they, you know, they give you a couple flashbacks where, that they, which just further reinforce that he's a man who is so hyper-focused on one thing that his family doesn't really pay a lot of regard, you know, his, he, he, he's, he's, you know, presenting a, a banquet for Jerry Sandusky, and is, you know, it seems like he doesn't even know what he's talking about, like Al sort of is, is even even as Al, like as Al as Joe, he's reciting a speech and he's like stumbling over his words, like he doesn't really know, it seems like he's so uninterested in everything he has to do and, as, and that, that does another great job of eliciting that sympathy while also like saying well but but fuck you man like you just you just don't care you're not plugged in you don't get a free pass just because you're so focused yeah. on football that you ignore the world around you and i think it it, it raises that question and answers it but it, at, almost at the same time and i think that's pretty impressive because it doesn't it doesn't let them get away with anything and at this point it's hard not to like no no one is really looking back at show paterno or anyone involved in that and, and offering up any sympathy for their plights you know <laughs> yeah. hopefully not except <laughs> yeah. in state college maybe oh gosh <laughs> no. um no i think that's right um and i think it did all that pretty you know fairly well 
I still, I, and I was, I think I saw this in a, maybe a, came across some article, maybe it's in Sports Illustrated, and the person kind of made the point that there's there's a part in the movie, um, and one of the, I can't remember, the journalist is talking to someone toward the end, and he's basically just like, who cares about Joe Paterno? Um, this is about, you know, victims and an abuse scandal and all this kind of stuff. And, like, this author was basically saying, that's kind of applicable to the movie, though, in some ways, because it's just like, why do we really care about a movie about Joe Paterno again? Yeah, uh, the line is, the line is, he says it's, it's spectacularly unworthy of conversation. That's what he says about Joe Paterno. That's, and that's anyway. I kind of felt that a little bit for parts of the movie. I mean, it's kind of interesting, but then it's kind of just like, the part that's really interesting, either kind of looking at the the victims of you know serial abuse or you know the the young inspired journalists uncovering this kind of a la spotlight kind of plays i mean they have that but they don't really know what to do with those strands since it's all kind of serving to set up the the focus on paterno so i just i, I just felt the movie was kind of weird for that reason but I, I agree that would be my one big criticism is like i felt like the the journalism piece of things, which also dealt with, you know, the, the, the victims more than, I, and it was the right thing for the paterno side of the story to not deal with the victims. Cause that's kind of the whole point of the story is he doesn't sure. really care about that. But I just felt like they were, they, they were not weaved well together at all. Like, yeah. um, like I just didn't, they, I say this a lot on this podcast, but if, in various different movies it felt like two different movies basically that were that were going on like like the connection of what sarah ganum ganum however you say her name this is a first for steve correcting me on the (laughs) pronunciation of a name um that felt just very distinct and separate from all the paterno stuff and they were both interesting in their own way yeah um but yeah it never really reconciled the idea that like Joe Paterno is maybe spectacularly unworthy of conversation here. And yet that's still the focus of the movie. That's the hook of the movie. And as like, as spotlight shows, that is enough for a whole movie, right? Like, like I think you see um, Cardinal law like one time in that in spotlight, Um, it is sort of a dramatic moment, but it's only for a few minutes. Right, the rest exactly. of the movie is the recording. So, and I get why um, they can't. I mean, obviously, I don't think Al's going to want to come in for one five-minute scene. But when you do put it that way, I do. I, but I understand that, and and that would have been a very cool version of the movie for sure. It wouldn't have been maybe called Paterno, but if there was one, and I don't think they, those two ever really interacted. But just one, if you if you saw Paterno sparingly at best, and even if and if it was someone like an Al Pacino type character, and and then you get to see the weight of you know his actions through another lens, I do think that would service the story a little bit better. So, but that raises yeah. an interesting question that I was talking to my friend after the movie, like Al, like Barry Levinson and Al Pacino. Why do they make this movie? Like, I don't think it was even super clear on the Bill Simmons podcast or in conversations with them. Obviously, because it's an interesting story, and I'm sure Al wants to sink his teeth into a nice meaty part. But like, what is their ultimate goal? Like, are they trying to to say institutions are 
corrupt and like yeah probably to a certain extent i'm sure i'm sure in the in the context of the story they are but they're also very old powerful hollywood men <laughs> like are they really interested in upending institutions like i don't like yeah. or, or are they just telling a story that they find intriguing you know and that would sort of maybe answer or, or explain some of the criticisms is while they do they do find this situation deplorable and they find it corrupt and, and they want to shed light on it and tell the story of a of, a, of that old man who, who watched his whole kingdom fall down you, you do wonder how much they care about the plucky reporter breaking the news and and making an impact and, and actually changing the world like they they obviously find more interest in the paterno part and and that on its on its head is is awkward and yeah and like you said not in service of what actually really happened or of the victims or of, of trying to learn from the mistake in any real way yeah well i kind of my instinct there is is and i'm 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 not levying this necessarily as a full criticism, but I, I honestly feel like they just wanted Al Pacino in this role. And then it feels like they kind of built the rest of the movie around it, mm -hmm. which is, which is fine by the way. And I think it actually speaks to bring it back to our, the topic of this podcast actually speaks to um, the, the power that Al Pacino still has is like a draw, uh, like a draw um, to a degree. I mean, I, granted this is a TV movie. It's not like, it's not like black panther or something like that so um but it's still just just to me the the uh not and not just because i have a podcast about <laughs> I, I, i'll post a podcast about it like just al pacino playing a very famous person was that that still was kind of like enough to to intrigue me and i feel like they just kind of built a whole a whole movie around that uh, i mean that that was probably the pitch it's like yeah. all right got a movie paterno Pacino, and then someone said yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then they said, "Shit, we have to write a movie now." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which probably happens a lot in Hollywood. So. Yeah, yeah. It's not, and 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 if if you look at it through that, even if that's only you know partly true or a chunk of the story, that that and that in a way makes you know what they were able to do even slightly more impressive. That they were able to make it at least relevant and interesting and and al did it not like you know it's one of those weird and, and it is andrew you made an interesting point without perhaps even meaning to make it is this is an hbo movie and they've done a bunch of these type of movies with al pacino and then the one with robert de niro as bernie madoff al pacino has sort of made a little late season renaissance in playing dysfunctional depraved uh just doddering now old men and who are going through some sort of trial and tribulation at the end of their life. And they've, the HBO has sort of built a cottage industry and won a bunch of Emmys and gotten a lot of praise for sort of doing this type of movie. So I don't know whether that is a, a blessing or a, or like a curse. Like, like do, do we look at the movie and give it more praise because they were able to probably make a movie that was pitched with two words, but turn up a Chino into something watchable and entertaining. Or do we go, eh, it's another HBO just, you know, they found this little nit each and it works for them and they just tell old white man stories and that's and you know and we're supposed to you know we just garner what emotion we can from and move on i don't know i just find that to be a very intriguing choice for everyone involved and it seems to be working out fine for them but i, I wonder you know what it all if, if it means anything beyond like you said just casting and and, and easy win for everybody i mean i think both those things can be true yeah. um, at the same time and i also would say like you know it is interesting to me that, like, you know, when I think of Al Pacino's most interesting work, essentially since, like, the mid-90s, um, you can put a lot of the stuff he's done for HBO in, in that. And I would include include this in that. Now, that's 
damning with faint praise perhaps <laughs> i mean um you know that 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 given how you know given the, the level of his work in the 70s and 80s that's 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 a a bit of a of a decline but um but but i think your larger point is that like th- this movie and some of the other ones he's done on hbo they're not they're not bad movies they're they're they they hold your attention they're 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 decently made um you know it's not serpico or dog day afternoon or godfather but um you know but it is his best work in decades yeah well it's <laughs> i it's, honestly think that it's a lot it's a lot better than jack and joe uh, or uh you know some other stuff definitely his best work since the recruit <laughs> tom you missed that yeah you you could have watched the recruit with us if only you'd been here well, yeah, I, I could have. <laughs> I, I think this is a really, and, and this isn't our last episode, by sure, although we'll see if we can get Tom back for more garbage to come after we made him watch Paterno. But I just think we haven't done, <laughs> you know, we haven't done, this, this is Pacino, like we said, sort of in the zeitgeist, in the spotlight again. We've never talked about an Al movie in that context. Even Danny Collins, which is relatively new, we, you know, that didn't feel new, you know? It wasn't like we watched Danny yeah. Collins and thought about it as a, 20, a 2015 movie. It could have been made in 1992, for all we know, you know? So this is like Al in 2018, relevant again and i just think it's very interesting to to finally talk about him in this context like i think for 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 the first time maybe ever on this podcast we're actually breaking down al's role in culture and (laughs) film history and such as opposed to just yelling about his performance which i don't know if that's (laughs) as interesting as the other ones we've done but i think it's i think it is deserved given this type of work and what al's done you know as as we can sort of take a step back and look at his last eight years like where he's focused on these type of movies it does make a lot of sense and it and it sort of has been a an odd rejuvenation for him and and it suits his these smaller these big roles in these smaller tv movies have, have given him a chance to actually do something interesting for a change which we're not used to yeah and i guess like again you brought up de niro and i talked about this like literally a week ago when we recorded the recruit <laughs> podcast but um you know, the one thing I'll say for uh, for Al is that um, regardless of what you think of his relative merits next to Robert De Niro, he, he he at least seems to be still out there trying and grinding, you know, like like Robert De Niro just mails it in every time you see him. And sometimes that's fine. And sometimes it's like, what the hell are you doing? You were you were the best actor alive for a long time. Um, Al at least seems to be doing, you know challenging himself um which i which i can as as a human being i can appreciate i'm not sure if i love it necessarily as a fan of cinema uh given what he challenges himself with sometimes but um uh you know he's 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 at least out there out there um doing interesting things and this is this is another one um and yeah i mean like danny collins is kind of funny because like we're like three of the five people who have seen danny collins so (laughs) it doesn't matter but i think there's a decent chance given hbo given the subject matter and everyone knows everyone remembers the joe paterno story that you know again not black panther amount of people are going to see this movie but some people will see it people will see it and and yeah that is nice to to be talking about this and having it feel actually relevant and current. <laughs> um, so, yeah. yeah, but yeah, I mean, I think that's absolutely right. And I mean, this is kind of going back to the point you said earlier, uh, both of you, but I, I do think it was a role 
where I didn't at every turn know that I was watching Al Pacino. Like <laughs> it, it was it was a fairly convincing Joe Paterno. Yeah, wow. and, that's the highest praise you've given. I'm, I, I think it probably has to be the highest praise you've given, right? I mean, certainly since The Godfather. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, yeah. he's legitimately amazing in. I think that's true. And I think it's an interesting... I'm I'm happy for sure that Al has found himself in the conversation again. I think, like you said, Andrew, I mean, you're going to get no argument from me. I think we've talked about doing a De Niro Pacino comparison at some point, And no, it's gonna, that would devolve into an you know, audio fistfight at a certain point. But I, yeah, I think I, I have no argument there. And I'm very pleased that Al feels the need to there was found an outlet maybe is a better way to put it for for his for what he clearly has some sort of skill and some some gas left in the tank and he's not doing las vegas he's not doing you know rom-coms so i would love to see alan a rom-com i think but he's he's, <laughs> he's trying to uh i would also love to see alan a marvel movie now that you said that andrew you said it's not black panther i really i think that's the apex of al pacino on this podcast when al pacino is in a marvel movie we can all see it in theaters together we can all fly to the same city, see it in theaters, and then immediately record an Al Pacino Marvel movie podcast. Then I think we've, we're done. Yeah, I think I think, yeah, I think you're right. A Michael Bay movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's probably been in better movies than like Mark Wahlberg has been recently. <laughs> uh, or or if Al's in an episode of Game of Thrones in the season in the last. Oh, season. that would be uh, that would be a dream. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I want that to happen. I'm not lying. <laughs> I mean, the show went so off script last, or it just went so off the rails last season. Anyway, you might as well. Just yeah, just throw throw Alan there. Why not? Right? He's already got an HBO. They love him there. Just pop him right in. He's a dragon now. Okay, cool. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Any final any final paterno thoughts from either of you? Anything we didn't get to that you want to discuss? Uh, no. I'm 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 I've I've, I've spoken my piece. Tom Tom needs to probably name drop some some nebraska football players before we get out of here but other than that i'm good it was good to hear uh rex burkhead's name again he's a, he's yeah. a great running back we liked him a lot back in the day yeah. so yeah. That, that was fun yeah Not a weird movie to hear his name in but what are you gonna do <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have two parting thoughts that i feel that i should definitely share greg grunberg who plays scott paterno and was on heroes as Matt Parkman is the fattest person in the world in this movie. His his belly is rotund to say the least, and I'm just, I, I hope he was wearing some sort of fat suit because he was just he was definitely not that large in the times I've seen him before. So I pray that he didn't actually get that fat because that was a very fat man on screen. And also I said this to my brother because we watched it together. Al, as when Al was looked like Paterno, especially in the older moments when he was sort of doddering, he looked like both my grandmothers fused together. Like that was, I, I couldn't, I could see elements of both of their, their old lady faces in Al, in Al's Paterno. So I don't know if that's good or bad, but it certainly is old. So if he was, if he was really trying to capture old, I think he hit that on the nose, literally, they, you know, pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> he, he really did a great job with some of the physical elements, like the, the sort of like shuffle walk that he was doing and, yeah. and, and stuff like, and just his vision being terrible. Um, yeah, that was, that was pretty that was that was pretty fun to see and also like i forgot like joe pa's shoes but like he, he that he had to be the only person ever to wear those blue nike shoes that are like the penn state colors but he wore them like everywhere and in the movie they were like everywhere it was great yeah they just like giant blocks yeah yes. <laughs> yes. like he's like a like they're like lego shoes or something. exactly <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
All right. Well, thank you two for coming on. It was great to talk Paterno. Again, if you haven't seen it, it's on HBO. It's streaming in all the ways that you probably consume HBO these days. It's short. It's like 100 minutes. And I think it's definitely worth a watch. It is, it, especially if you're an Al fan and you've trudged through all these other Al movies with us as a faithful fan of the Justice for Al series. It is a very, it's, it's a timely and I think fitting use of Al Pacino in 2018. And if you want to make old man jokes about Al, that's perfectly welcome. And if you want to just be in, get enraged all over again at the mishandling of some horrible child abuse, Paterno will certainly give you an outlet to do just that. So, Andrew, thank you so much for coming on. It was great to chat with you wait. as always. Wait, wait, wait. We can oh. do our ratings. We oh, we have to do our ratings. ratings. Okay. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to keep this in. I'm oh, not going to cut this out then. Holy shit. Uh. I was wrapping this up. <laughs> Rating time. Andrew, what would you give this? Michael, Fredo, or Sonny? I think this is a solid Sonny performance again. I don't, I don't think this is too much of a reach for Al, but he was very he was very reliable. And um, and uh, like Tom said, you, you, you didn't always feel like you were watching Al Pacino play Joe Paterno. You felt for, for stretches like you were actually watching someone play Joe Paterno. So it was it was a it was a good performance. Movie's kind of mediocre, but um but Al Al on the Al side of things, I think I think it was it was very good. Tom, what are your yeah. Tom, what do you give it? Yeah, I mean I, I I agree with that. Um anything that's wrong with the movie is honestly, I gotta say it's 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 not because of Al Pacino. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm gonna, I love this I'm faint gonna, praise. I, I, yeah, well, I might surprise you guys here. I'm gonna give it. A, I'm, I'm gonna give it to Michael. I think it was. Wow. Uh, I think it was understated. Not, not you know. We this is kind of a Rorschach test with these, uh, with these, with these rankings. <laughs> uh, but, but I, I think it was. Uh, you know, it, it harkened back to a more understated and subtle Al Pacino. So maybe not awesome. the best performance of all time, but it was totally, it was totally fine. I would agree. Steve, and Andrew, I, I think. Really... Oh, go ahead. I was I was gonna say I really feel like Tom should watch the recruit now because I, I would actually be <laughs> kind of curious about what he thinks because I thought that was kind of an understated performance as well. Um, Tom, you got homework if you choose to accept yeah. that homework. Yes. Uh, yeah. Okay, I'll watch it. I'll watch it. I'll... <laughs> we'll have some bonus content, listeners. Man, you you must have had a great vacation. You're so open to suggestion and on board with all of our Al Pacino ideas. Yeah, come on, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, Andrew, what, what I like at the time you, you noted this as well. What I like about our ratings is they sort of mean what they mean to us. And I wouldn't yeah. give it a Sunny if it, I think so, when I think of Sunny, I think of you know the loud, bombastic, angry Al that we mm-hmm. come to expect from mm-hmm. so many others. So I'm going to give this a Michael, even though I don't think is it, it necessarily is as good. Uh, Michael is definitely it, there's definitely also a gold, silver, bronze element to them. And I think mm-hmm. that maybe it is not a Michael in the gold sense, but I think it is the Michael, you know, the Pacino we, most of us came to love in, in the seventies when he was doing the Godfather and could, could sort of switch between loud and, and regular. I think this is the, is the regular Al and he has, he showed off the chops that we sort of wondered if he, he didn't really have. And I think he's done it in a lot of these HBO movies. And this is another example. So I'm going to go with Tom and I'm going to say Michael. Wow. So there we yeah. go. Go see Paterno, everyone. <laughs> go see, uh, go see it on your couch. Go to your HBO app and click on Paterno and watch it. Yeah, yeah, do it. <laughs> all right. Well, now we can wrap this up. Now we've officially done all we can do on Paterno. So give it a watch, HBO. It is streaming right now for your pleasure. And we thank you for joining us on a timely episode for a change of Anne Justice for Al. It was a real treat to talk about something that came out a mere week ago. 
that I don't know how many more chances we'll get to do this. Al is, is very old and does not make many things that come out <laughs> in theaters or in a large fashion. But if we ever get another chance, maybe when The Irishman comes out, we will reconvene the group yeah. at that point. I think that will be a celebration well, that, of Al for sure. Well, that could be our De Niro comparison too, because oh, I believe God. he's as well. Yeah, there's a, and Pesci too. There's a lot going to be going on in that one. Oh. Oh, jeez. Good lord. All right. Something some to, <laughs> some to, some to live for. 2019. Yeah, let's all try and survive until then so we can enjoy it. <laughs> all right. Andrew, thank you so much. Uh, of course. Tom, we appreciate it. I'm glad you had a great vacation, and I'm glad you kind of liked an Al Pacino movie. I feel a, a joy in my heart, maybe more than I should, for that happening. I mean, it feels good. I, I gotta say, it. it feels good. Maybe I don't have a a, a desiccated black heart after all. <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> or at least today, it's 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 red and pumping wonderful blood. Who knows what tomorrow will bring? But we'll take today for That's sure. Right. <laughs> right. All right, everyone. Thanks you so much for listening. And as always, we are one nation under Pacino, with liberty and justice for Apple.